Do you dream? Do you remember your dreams? Are any of your dreams so amazing and so profound and powerful that you wake up changed? Even if it's just for a couple minutes, what if a dream could alter you and change the way you feel or look at something just because of something that goes on inside your head? Well, that's what we're talking about this week when I ask everyone what's the best dream they've ever had and how it affected you here on Behind Every Story. What's up, everybody? My name is Jason, and this is Behind Every Story. If this is your first time with us, let me explain what's happening here. I love stories from comic books to films to short films to long films and documentaries. I'm kind of prone to films, but I also like jokes and songs or sitting around a campfire with friends or sitting in an audience filled with strangers being enveloped by someone's story. I love hearing people's stories. And even more so than that, I love learning about those stories. This show is the proverbial director's commentary on the movie of life. This is episode eight of 50 of the COVID-50. Before we begin, a note of warning. The topics we explore may not be suitable for all audiences. This podcast deals with real people and real stories. These stories may contain and deal with graphic language, adult themes, sexual content, and violence. Listener discretion is advised. This week, we're discussing what is the best dream you've ever had. I find that the older I get, the more dreams don't stay with me after I wake up. So much so that in the morning when my wife asks me if I remember my dreams, the grand majority of the time, I sadly don't. But I get so excited when I do, even if it's the most minute details of it. When I was younger, man, I had the most vivid, weird, and wild dreams. Now, granted, I still have a lot of nightmares, which we'll touch on soon, but for the most part, dreams kind of fade pretty quickly. So when I have a good dream, it tends to stick with me and make me feel things, different things, during the day. The best dream I've ever had started as a really scary nightmare. Now, growing up, I used to love horror movies. Horror movies were what got me into the art I do today. They drove my passion to create. If I could make someone feel scared by watching something I created, there was no better feeling to me. So throughout my life, I've had nightmares that shook me awake and, and made me cry when I woke up and just took the breath out of me. And most of the time, when these nightmares were physical beings, they represented some kind of storybook ghoul. So one night, I had a dream I was locked inside of an old, abandoned, broken-down house. Imagine like a 1980s straight-to-VHS movie where they just found a house in a neighborhood and that's what they shot in. It's dilapidated beyond repair. So I'm in this house, and out of every corner of the house comes every nightmare ghoul I've ever had. The man in black with white burning eyes and in his hands two glistening knives. A small man in a go-kart with giant teeth in his head instead of any eyes or nose, just teeth. 
lots and lots of these things, probably like 15 or 20 of these things all coming at me and trying to kill me. And as soon as they got close to me, this light burst in from the outside. And I knew right away it was the police. And this light coming in shone through all the cracks in the walls and all the monsters stopped and looked at the light. And from outside, the policeman was on a bullhorn saying, if you don't come out now, we're going to kill you all. And it was then that I looked at every other monster in there and no one said anything, but it was kind of this universal nod that we all kind of agreed. And we rushed out of the house and we killed every police officer outside the house. And I apologize ahead of time. This is going to sound a little visceral, but I remember standing covered in blood. Like there was, you couldn't see any part of me. It was all just pieces of people and blood and all these monsters were around me. And it was that moment where I knew I had made peace with every demon of my past, that everything was going to be okay. And I've never woken up so awake. I've never woken up so at peace and not groggy and just, I understood that everything was going to be okay. And for the next few weeks, nothing bothered me. Everything just felt right. No matter what happened, that's okay. I've made peace with my demons. Now, whenever things happen to me now that aren't the best, especially living in this era right now where we're on lockdown and I'm losing work left and right, I think back to this dream. That if I could conquer all these demons and slay the adversaries that I thought were there to help me, maybe I can do anything. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hear what everyone else's best dreams they've ever had are. My name is Sarah, and I'm from a podunk town in Iowa. What's the best dream you've ever had? Um, <laughs> best dream. Usually it involves a celebrity that I have a crush on. Um, no, you know, no, no sex or anything like that. Uh, just being in, I, I wouldn't say it's a specific dream, but I've had, I've had a couple dreams where it's been a specific and I will, I will mention a name. It, I haven't had this dream in a while, but I used to have dreams all the time about Christian Bale and this was pre Batman days. So um, I would have a dream that he would come to my house. <laughs> We'd hang out. And that's usually what would happen if I have a dream about a crush that a celebrity crush is they just come in my house and hang up, hang out and they adore me. And that's, <laughs> and I wake up and I'm like, relieved that I didn't like cheat on my husband but I'm also sad because <laughs> because it ended <laughs> what do they do to show you they adore you um talk to me engage me in conversation look me in the eye eye contact um and show that they actually have an interest in me personally do these dreams have a lasting effect on you after you wake up 
No. How come? Because I go back to um you know feeling like in those dreams so they make they make me feel better about myself and despite any dream or any fantasy um at the end of the day I still struggle at daily with uh with issues like that that you know of of um <clears throat> you know obviously you know I I won't go too deep in this but but I've I'm very intrigued by psychology and I've always tried to dive into my own psychology and uh, rip it apart, so to speak, and try to come up with answers to why I feel certain ways or, and I I think at the end of the day that, that with those dreams, you know, I wake up and and nothing changes because I don't feel indifferently about myself. And so even if I'm receiving that, that adoration and attention in the dream, it, it doesn't carry through. It doesn't have a lasting impact. This is Albert. I am an operations manager from Savannah, Georgia. The best dream I probably ever had, um, hmm, it's probably, I can't, I, don't know, I, would, I would say my perfect, I would just say, my perfect dream would be something along the lines of probably me, Scarlett Johansson, fighting aliens, and then after that, have dinner, and then the rest of the Avengers would probably be NC-17 if that was a, that was the case. But it would definitely include Scarlett Johansson. Uh, what was the best dream you've ever had? Okay. Best dream I ever had. I had lost an uncle to, I mean, he wasn't blood or anything, but he was pretty much an uncle. I had lost an uncle to AIDS. Um, and, you know, I was a teenager and I didn't, uh, I didn't go to his funeral cause I was afraid. I was scared. I didn't mm. want to see a dead body. And plus it just, it felt too much. So I didn't go. And I held on to that uh, guilt for not going for a very long time. And then uh, one day I was, uh, this when I was in Las Vegas. I was, uh, I had this dream. And there's this big party up, you know, somewhere. And everybody's you know, having fun, drinking, yada, yada, yada. And there's my, my uncle sitting there. And he's, you know, partying. And he's having a great time. He looks fantastic and stuff like that. I run up to him, give him a big hug. And, uh, you know, he made his laugh. Like he's, he had like one of the greatest laughs. And, uh, he, uh, I said to him, Hey, I'm so sorry for, you know, not going to your funeral and not see, getting to see you enough at the end. And he said, you know, don't even worry about it. It's all good. And that's when I woke up. Woke up, tears in my eyes, and feeling good. So, call that a uh, call that a shout out from the great beyond, or just maybe sometimes your subconscious says, "Dude, you need to settle down." Either or, I think that was pretty incredible. So that's my best dream. Did the dream have a lasting effect on you afterward? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't really hold. M- 
I don't hold that guilt for at least that. I'm terrible. I do hold on to guilt and self-punish. And if you do that, stop that. <laughs> because it's so easy. But yeah, don't do that. You're just hurting yourself for no reason. And it's not getting anything done. And I'm learning that. Too bad it only took me about 40 years to figure it out. <laughs> My name is Mark Allen Fishman. I am from Homewood, Illinois. The best dream that I ever had, I can't say that I remember any particular dream, bad or good dream, that's that sticks out. That isn't just, you know, some random sex dream. <laughs> and those are the kind where you, you almost immediately recognize you're in the sex dream. And uh, if you're married, that's when your wife steps in and she's like, what the hell? And you're like, I'm sorry, I'm dreaming. And she's like, no, that's not good enough. Get up. And, you know, maybe that's just a Jewish guilt thing. I don't know. <laughs> so these sex dreams uh, of, of all the dreams that you could remember that were considered good, you pointed out the sex dream. Why is the sex dream something good? Well, uh, why is a sex dream good? I'm not sure if you've ever had sex. It's one of the better parts of life. And um, it's been a while, honestly, since I think I remember having it. Uh, so anytime that I'm having sex, even if it's in a dream, is great. And it um, it feels nice. And um, I wish I could be more uh, expressive or uh, use some of my fancier words there, but sex good. My name is Stella, and I'm from Chicago. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, okay, here, here we go. This is the best dream I've had. I had my grandfather who has passed away. I was four years old when he passed away. And check this out. He gave me a list of seven numbers that I, after my dream, wrote down. And those seven numbers have guided my entire life thus far. That is the best dream I've ever had. It was great to see him, but also he gave me these numbers that have ruled my world since, I don't know, I was 14 or 15 years old. How so? So I see, so I'm, I don't really quite understand the numerology behind all of it. I know that it's important, but these seven numbers in some way, shape or form, bits and pieces of the number combination have ruled like every good, bad and indifferent thing that's happened to me since I've seen them. So like for, yeah, for example, for example, for example, um, the day my husband got into a car accident. Um, he was a pedestrian. He was hit by a drunk driver. It was, um, I mean, the, the date was May 21st. And 521 was one of the combination of the numbers. 521 was also the combination to get into my office building. Um, my parents' apartment number is a combination of those units, uh, of those numbers. And then 818, I see on the clock in the morning and at night. And 8-18-57 is my mom's birthday. So like this combination of numbers, anything major in my life, um, it's, it's just been this combination of numbers. So different. 
name is M, and I am from Chicago, Illinois. Oh, well, I've had way too many nightmares. Let me think. A good dream? Hmm. The best dream I ever had. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of really cool dreams where I am filmmaking, which is strange. And so I'll, I'll be working with like a famous director or somebody and, and the entire dream is the movie. So those are pretty fun. What kind of an effect did you, did that have on you after you woke up? Oh, it just makes me want to be creative. How so? Uh, it makes me want to produce some, you know, like, oh, let's go make something. Let's go produce something. <laughs> you know, it's it's always exciting being around something that's being filmed. Does it actually do it? When you have this dream, do you get up and just want to create? Like, do you end up creating something? Uh, we tend to create a lot. Um, I haven't actually made a movie before, but we are doing a, docu- a documentary this year. So I guess, I guess somewhere along the way, it's going to fulfill itself, but <laughs> it hasn't yet. What kind of movie would you like to make? Uh, documentaries. Okay. So we're doing a documentary about podcasting. Very cool. Yeah. We were supposed to be in London. We were supposed to go to London for three months this year. And uh, not just London, but like based in London. And uh, and film all the different podcast uh, conventions and things in, in the UK and Ireland. But there seems to be a pandemic <laughs> that had other plans for us. So that'll wait. That'll wait till next year. Is that the documentary you're working on right now? Yeah. We already have like 44 hours of footage. So the very beginning of a documentary. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My name is Brett and I'm a writer and a musician and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I was getting my wisdom teeth taken out and I don't know if it was a dream, but it was anesthesia and they put me under. I remember waking, I was on a beach. It was this beautiful, I don't know, nineties Hawaiian tropic bikini model, super tan skin, neon bikini, you know, that nineties style high waisted, but still pretty sexy she was like crawling up the beach towards me you know i'm in 16 years old i'm in high school so i haven't even had sex at that point but i'm just really horny teen and this girl's crawling up and the next thing i know i open my eyes and it's just my mom and the dentist staring at me and i (laughs) everything hurts in my face and i just go no no, 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 no. And my mom's like, it's okay. It'll be okay. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, no, it fucking won't. It will never be okay. You ruined it. You just ruined it. That was my best dream ever, I think. My name is Potato Johnson, and I am from Crystal Lake, Illinois. Best dream? The ironic thing is, I don't really remember best dreams i remember worst dreams um when i was a kid um i used to sleepwalk um like at one point i woke up under my neighbor's tree i've woken up outside um and, and along with that would come some like pretty horrible night terrors so 
the good ones I don't remember, but I had some killer nightmares. Like there, there was this time that I woke up and uh, I was laying in my, I felt, okay, I, I swear I wasn't a 40 year old dude in 1992, but I had a waterbed um, when I was like 16 and I swear I felt it uh, like move. I woke up and just sitting in the corner was this like skull. It's like basically Norma Bates in like this early period, like 1910s Pollyanna dress and it, she was just completely decayed and like turned her head towards me and I flipped the fuck out because I was awake at that point because it was a night terror and like shot out of bed and that still stays with me to this day um, but as far as good dreams I can't really think of any of those uh, what kind of a lasting effect did that was it a doll is that what you- no it was like a corpse it was like because I mean, it wasn't really there, but it, when you have night terrors, it's kind of like you wake up and all the shit's still there, and so you can physically you're still sensing it because you're awake and you're in the dream. So I shot out of the bed and I looked up and there was nothing there, and I think that's where a lot of like ghost conspiracies come from and shit like that. Mm-hmm. How did that affect you after you woke up? After you knew it was a dream? Um. I was scared for a while because at that point, you know, I I want to believe in the supernatural, but I just don't at all. But I mean, when you're that age, you still kind of do. And uh, so it was creepy, but you know, really the next day I'm like, that was freaking cool. Cause you know, I like horror movies and crap like that. So that's something that has just stuck with me. And I'm like, that was awesome. My name is Zach. I live in Fort Worth, Texas. Wow. So um, I had a reoccurring dream um, for a long time. And really all it was, was I was uh, I was younger and I was in probably middle school and it was just me exploring my high school. But there was like a like a weird sense of something is wrong here. And in the dream where I went to high school and the high school in the dream, while it was the same, they did not look the same. Um and that would be, I would say, probably the weirdest, but I don't really have dreams or weird dreams for whatever reason. Um, so nothing really outrageous. So that dream, did it have a lasting effect on you? I, I was confused uh, a lot. I was like, why Why do I keep, I mean, this is definitely reoccurring to the point where I remember it. Because science says that, you know, within several hours of dreaming, you forget um, you forget everything that happened. Um, but that one always reoccurred and I don't know why, maybe because we always did baseball tryouts, um, for summer baseball in the field house. And, you know, my dad was really involved, so he would be in charge of them. And so then, you know, we would sneak off me and some younger siblings of whoever (laughs) my baseball buddies, and we would go exploring the hallways, you know, set the alarm off, all that good stuff. (laughs) What are you doing? Why are you in this part of the school? Oh, my bad. I didn't know I couldn't be here. Um, and maybe that's why I'm not sure, but, um, maybe the explorer factor kind of exploring something a little different in, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it, to me, it's kind of lame. It's just like, Ooh, you're exploring a school. Ooh, super great. Um, and, and then getting there, you know, as a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, whatever. And it's not at all like you dreamed. It's like, Oh, well, this isn't at all like what I thought it was. You know, you don't spend every day there and then you do and it's like, oh, this is not at all how I dreamed it. Um, 
I don't know. Kind of dumb. My name is Michael, and I'm a photographer-videographer in the Naperville area. So the best dream I've ever had was when I was younger, I could realize where I was going, and I'd wake up crying knowing that the reason why I wasn't there was because I didn't have something called time. And every time we have more time, it's the best feeling in the world. And I implore people that time is the only thing you can spend money on that no one else could take back. But everything else you spend money on, everybody can take from you. Extrapolate on that a little bit. How do you spend money to get more time? Okay. An example was, um, so for example, if I wanted to, okay, there's a guy who sells million dollar homes, right? He gets a driver because he could talk to clients on the way from each particular visit, as well as go online, message people. The time that he spent driving from one location to the next is invaluable to him because he could have sold a million dollar home. And the same thing goes with computers. I spend a lot of money on computers and things that make my business run faster because the time it takes for things to get done is more valuable than the money that I had spent to get that thing done. So realistically, the more money you spend on time, the better you off, you're off. And I've had other Um, mentors who have dripped into me who have explained that the reason why people are stuck is because they don't make that correlation between money and time. And they're always trying to trade money or trade time for money, which you should be doing the opposite in order to get to the next level. And this correlates back to your dream where you didn't have enough time? Because I was working so hard every day I was eating PB&J sandwiches. I was eating ramen noodle soup. I was saving my money to get to the next level. I was buying cameras. I was buying lenses. I was buying computers. I was buying this. I was buying that. And I would run my shit dry so that I could get to the next week, so I could make that money, so I could get to the next gig, so I could just get to the next part. And I was clawing my way out of this economic social situation that I was in because I knew that the faster I got out, the easier it would be to get to the next level, which is where I'm at now. You know, I'm 24. I work as a high school janitor and I have my own house. I have a really good business. I have 40, 50,000 hours with the camera equipment. I have 20 or 30,000 hours with the computers. Like I'm like a dragon in a nest. And it took me sacrificing all my time to gaining this information, gaining all the stuff, gaining the knowledge to sell to people that if I didn't do that now, I would be screwed in the end because I see a lot of amazing you know, people in my field who haven't traded that time. And it's almost like walking over them like a giant because I know what they're literally capable of and I know what I'm capable of and I can whoop just kind of get over that because I can see the hump that they're trying to get over is a mountain. And the hump that I could get over is like a molehill. And because they traded their time for existential um, gratification, they didn't actually make anything for themselves. They've destroyed their, their prospects for the future. And that's why I'm saying time is valuable because you need to trade your time for the right things now. So that in the future, you could gain that time back for things you want to do. My name is Rob, and I am from 
the Midwest in America? This is a good question that uh, hits me right in the center. Uh, a few years ago, I started a thing on Facebook. I was getting really tired of all the negativity. I bet you can guess when, about 2016 maybe? So much negativity on Facebook, so many, so much hate that had ramped up. Uh, and I decided one day I can't take it anymore. So I started this thing where I was putting dream posts. Now, I wasn't doing dreams. This is why I said it's, it's an interesting thing we have to talk about. I wasn't talking about the dreams you have when you're asleep. I'm talking about the dreams you have for your life. Sometimes when I post these dreams, and I'll call them dream posts, uh, I'll get people to say like, oh, were you dreaming that last night? I had a dream about a snake and a vest. And you're like, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. What's the best nighttime dream? God only knows. I don't remember them. I guess when I, I had a, I used to have a series of them where I could fly. But more importantly are the dreams you have, the waking dreams, the dreams you have when you quiet yourself and you listen to what the universe is telling you. So what I did for this project is every day for 30 days, I had to share a dream. And then I would encourage people, share your dreams in this thread. And I wasn't getting a lot of response. I was getting, you know, some hearts and some thumbs up and things. It wasn't until I was getting towards the end of this project. And I'll tell you what, it was really hard. You come up with 30 different dreams. It's hard, man. Uh, at the end of the project, I had people coming up to me, people that I wasn't even really friends with, that were friend of a friend. They saw it on Facebook. They're like, you're the guy that writes this stuff on Facebook. Like, yeah. And they go, yeah, I read your post and I realized I have a friend that has a dream, you know, to write a book. And I know somebody who's a publisher that could help them. So I reached out to him because of your post. To me, that was beautiful. Now, when we talk about where my dreams were, I think my dream was that, was that we, my, my beautiful dream is that we're all helping each other, that we're all supporting each other, that we're all being creative and, and not not criticizing and attacking. I mean, we're all one species. Let's treat each other that way. My name is Sean and I am from Chicago. Oh God. You know, it's like, if you don't think about the dream, as soon as you wake up, you know, it's hard to remember. But um, I, I will tell you a dream I actually just recently had and it was super random. But like, for some reason, like, I just woke up being like, <laughs> like, for some reason, just being like, you know, that it was just funny to me. Um, but I had a dream that I picked up a part time job, like watching, like middle school children, like for like an extracurricular, like, uh, type of program. And it was, you know, done, like, I guess, somewhat within the times that we're in. And uh, this one, you know, I, you, I guess done a fair amount of maybe like bar and bat mitzvahs where you could mm. understand how like middle school children or like 12, 13 year old kids will sometimes act in front of their friends yes. and, and do bold <laughs> things to try and be funny. And so in this dream, this little shit comes up to my, comes up to me <laughs> and, um, gently like caresses my face, like to try and be funny in front of friends. But obviously these are very unsanitary conditions. So I grabbed the kid by his wrist and make him hit himself in the face really hard. So it wasn't 
me hitting him, but it was me enforcing him hitting himself. And I knocked him on the ground. And then all of his friends just stared at me with fear. And I like pretty much like established my like, don't fuck with me mode. And, um, I just woke up in sheer glee after that. I don't know why. I just felt, it just felt good. It was just like, you know, a little shit that just, sometimes you just want to do that to some of these little shits. And I had a dream where I got to do that. And, you know, no parents were around to like, for me to face any repercussions. So it was just great because some of these kids just deserve to be hit in the face by their own hand. My name is John. I am from the west suburbs of Chicago. Because I don't have a lot of good dreams, like when I'm asleep at night. Most of my dreams are uh, pretty fucked up. Usually like darkness and stuff like that. Grim, grim things. Um, not not exclusively. I mean, because I mean, if you're wrong, you're serious. The best dreams I've ever had are usually about me having sex with some girl who's rejected me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, if you're talking about that kind of dream, oh, dude, okay, I got one, I got one. I remember this because I wrote it down because there was a while that I was uh, keeping a dream journal. This was like years ago. Was that like uh, I mean, long time ago? Um, like, like, like Bush was still president, and then like I had a dream that uh, uh, I met Saddam Hussein, and he took me to the like Universal. Um, library of all of all knowledge right and it didn't really matter that it was Saddam Hussein he was already dead at that point but like like he was just my guide to show me these this library and once I was in the library he pointed out some books to me and then like I started pulling the books down and in the books were the uh, answers to every question um, in the universe. And I remember that in the dream, I had like a notebook and I was scribbling notes because I knew I couldn't take the books. And I was like, Oh my God, I understand. I know how to save humanity. Like in the dream, I figured out the solution to like everything wrong with the world. And I was like furiously writing down the notes. And then, um, I woke up instantly forgot what those were and when i tried to remember the only thing i could really picture was like uh that i was gonna like in the dream the solution to all of humanity's problems was a giant lazy river like at the wisconsin dells you know and i and i really contemplated it when i woke up and i'm like what the fuck is that like i can't save the world with a lazy river god damn it Hi, my name is Chris. I'm from Elgin, Illinois, and I am a self-described geek, lover of life, and hopefully a good person to listen to. That that's a that's a hard one to say. Um, I don't really have it off the top of my head. Sorry, I'll have to skip that one just for right this second. Have you ever had a dream that had a lasting effect on you after you got up? Yeah, I you know what I want to say. I do it all the time, but I commonly have you know it's, it's probably all stress related. Is the the dream at work where nothing ever goes right and you just can't seem to get it together. And to me, that always means that something's up um, and that I need to now do I figure out or take a step back or do whatever. And I don't want to say I have it like all the time, but when I have one of those ones, it really, really shakes me a little bit because I try not to be that person at all. Um, and, uh, you know, it's one of those ones like you can never, and nothing you do goes right. 
everything is wrong. Everything is behind. You never seem to catch up. You never seem to, you know, do that because, you know, like your business, my business is, you know, you have to get stuff done in, in, in the proper sequence to make it mm-hmm. work. And so when I don't, it's hugely scary. <laughs> so, you know, it'd be so, like you editing the film that you do the edits and the edits never take and then the movie's yeah. gone and you're like, oh my God, what just happened? And then you're freaking out about all that stuff and it just never seems to end. And that's, those are to me the really upsetting ones. So those are the ones that shake me. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> they get so, me. And it's just, I mean, I wake up, I'm like, oh my God, what didn't I do? I am Chris. I'm a director of photography and I am from Chicago. Oh man, we could go long depth into just the idea of <laughs> dreams for me because I absolutely love it. I couldn't pick just one, but I love dreams where I realize that I'm dreaming and I could make it a lucid dream. Mm. A lot of those dreams, I allow them to just be the fulfillment of sexual fantasies or mm-hmm. flying. I love to fly in my dreams. And it took me a long time before I realized the mechanics of flying within a dream. So I would say probably the best dream that I had would be the very first one where I realized I was in a dream and I could change things. And that particular dream was one that I had when I was about 10 years old and I was running away from a swarm of bees. And then I tripped and the bees started stinging me all at once. And then I realized that if I wanted to, I didn't have to feel the pain. And then the bees were gone. And from that moment stemmed the whole journey of lucid dreaming that has led up to this point. Wow. What what kind of lasting effect did that have after you woke up? I think after that moment, I realized that any time that I had a bad dream, I could change it. And so my nightmares changed completely from that point on because I could stay in them if I wanted to and enjoy the experience in the same way that you enjoy a horror movie. Or I could wake myself up from it and go into a different dream, one that I liked a lot better. Dreams are what drive us. Dreams are what keep us sane. Dreams are what foster creativity and love and laughter. Dreams can be amazing. What is your best dream that you've ever had? Email us or send us a voice audio clip to behindeverystory at gmail.com. We'd love to hear it and play it on the show. Stories make us all feel connected to the world, like the world's so much smaller than it actually is. No matter what negative feelings you might have or worries you might have or how alone you might feel, know that you're not alone, that we're all in this big story called life together, especially now more than ever. So thank you for joining us here on Behind Every Story. And if you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast streaming app as we're on a bunch right now. And I'm super excited about that. And be sure to share our podcast with your friends and family and random people that you meet along the way, or just throw it up on Facebook and say, hey, this is pretty cool. Hopefully someone else will check us out. And if you have time, give us a review. Give me that, give me that beautiful five-star review and say some fun thing. Answer one of these questions in your review. 
Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at Behind Every Story Podcast to stay up to date on all our new episodes and lots of behind-the-scenes stuff as well. And you can always find us on BehindEveryStory.com. Great storytellers make the world a smaller and more intimate place. So thank you to all the storytellers out there, big and small. And thank you to our guests this week, Al, Brett, Bob, Brandon, Chris, Chris, Daniel, John, Lauren, and Ryan, M, Mark, Marie, Michael, Potato Johnson, Rob, Sarah, Stella, Sean, and Zach. I've been your storyteller, Jason Osterkamp, and it's been a pleasure sitting around the campfire with you. And join us again next week on a related note where I ask everyone, what reoccurring nightmares have you had? So join us again here on Behind Every Story. <laughs>